0: And you may have seen her on Dateline, 48 Hours, CNN, NBC, ABC, O'Reilly Factor, and many other shows, including our own 90-minute PBS television special, Protecting Yourself in the Information Age. To learn more about this radio show and our great guests, please visit KUCI.org slash privacypiracy. Hey, Mari, what's our show about today?
1: Well, Lloyd, today our show is about how to store your information, like your medical records, you know, all sorts of... Things like your wills, your trusts, all that kind of stuff, and store it online so if there were a hurricane or an earthquake or something that you would have that backed up. The real issue for those kinds of things is how do you do it in a way that it's really safe? And so today we are going to talk with a privacy expert. She is a professional privacy advocate. Janine Darling is with us on the phone and she is also a data security expert and the founder and CEO of Stash Daddy and that website is stashdaddy.com this is a completely private and invisible personal information storage and protection site for consumers and she um and this is a place that as we talked about just a second ago this is the kind of place that you may want to consider putting your will your your trust, your medical records, your stock certificates, passports, legal documents, copies of all those important documents that you always want to have a backup for so that, let's say, you lost your passport and you're in Europe, you would go in there and you would at least have a copy for yourself. So you can learn a lot more about Janine and this privacy uh, protection and stash daddy at uh, uh, youtube.com-user-j-d-a-r-l-1 and then you can also learn more at her website and we're going to talk a little bit about her website at stashdaddy.com. but let me introduce her and thank you so much for joining us Janine. Mari
0: it's so nice to be with you thanks so much for having me on the show.
1: Well, you know, this is something that I always worry about. Um, you know, I think it's important. We've seen, you know, with hurricanes and where people lost all of their, you know, their documents and hospitals have lost their medical records. It's really important to have some kind of a backup that's safe. And so I oh, I was intrigued when I saw the, you know, the ad that was in Radio TV interview, uh, interview magazine when it said, how safe is your online stuff. So why don't you tell me, Janine, how safe is it? (laughs) (laughs) Well,
0: Mari, it isn't really so safe unless you're the type of person who is so concerned about it that you have educated yourself to protect yourself because the truth of the matter is we, each of us, is our first line of protection when it comes to our privacy. I think that there are a lot of people that think that, well, you know, we live in the United States, um, that the government is taking care of us and is watching over us and designing protocols and laws and all kinds of things to protect us. And while they do try and do as much as they can, because we are all so interconnected now all around the world there really isn't a way unless you educate yourself to know how to keep your stuff very, very safe. And another thing is is that because everybody is online and everybody is on some very social sites, you know, places like Facebook and Google Plus and Dropbox and SpiderOak, Everybody thinks, well, if everybody else is doing it, it must be okay for me to do too. And that simply could not be farther from the truth.
1: Exactly. So tell us, what made you go into this business then of protecting people's privacy? I mean, did you have a, a techie background or what, what was it that spurred you into this particular storage, pre- protecting privacy through storage?
0: That's an interesting question, and you've already hit one of the nails on the head, Mari. Yes, I do come from a technical background. I've had a long career in the corporate setting dealing with digital asset management, which is D-A-M for short. And basically what that is is designing and utilizing programs and procedures that protect and privatize some of the really important nitty-gritty information that corporations have. Mm. And so, you know, I remember one night a few years ago, I was looking for something really confidential, and I'm a, I'm a pretty organized person. I was thinking, oh, well, it's here and it's there, and I could not find it, and I was very frustrated. And I thought, well, let me just go online and find some place because I'm sure there's some place for me to put this stuff. And long story short, there really wasn't. Because sites like Dropbox and like um, any of the other sharing sites simply do not have the kind of security protocols that protect or can protect your most important and secure information so i wasn't didn't want to give up because I thought well there must be something and I asked a lot of my techie friends I kind of did some digging around and it, just wasn't out there. And then I started to ask friends and family, and then I did focus groups. And when I asked people, are you looking for something like this? And if it was out there, would you use it? And the answer I almost always got to a T was, I hadn't thought about that. But, oh, my goodness, if it was available, boy, do I need that. So people are not thinking on the day-to-day, of where their private stuff is. But when it's brought to their attention, their first reaction is, oh, my goodness, you know, I really need to do something about that. And most of us do.
1: Yes. And, you know, we need it for our businesses as well. I mean, people are putting stuff all over the place and they don't know where and they're, you know, doing backup in the cloud and they don't know that the cloud is really being managed by some country in, um, you know. India or something now tell us far far (laughs) away yeah exactly where the laws are different you know I'm a lawyer so I keep thinking well if there is a problem and it's not in our country then how do you you know you could try and deal with it mate to get it back or you could try to deal with it that they've um you know had a security breach but you really don't have much power so tell us how does stash daddy work
0: Well, Stash Daddy is the simplest of simple sites and services to use. It's basically a really, really super secure filing system. And when you go into Stash Daddy, it's very familiar to what you already use, any kind of document-saving system or or Microsoft Word, that kind of system. It is file-based, and you can choose to set things up so that you can create unique files and store things like what you mentioned at the beginning of the program, things like your last will and testament and your medical records and your passport and your insurance documents and lots and lots and lots of things. And you can insert those into folders and then designate a a special person, an executor, an attorney like yourself, a significant other, to access just what's in that file. So you ha- you have total control. There's nobody at Stash Daddy that can see your stuff. There's nobody that knows your password. We cannot see it. It was really set up just for you to control your destiny. And that's what I wanted, so I built it that way for everybody else, too.
1: Okay, so this is in the cloud, am I correct? That is correct. Okay, and so where where is this held in the cloud? Where is this, you know, so that people know, is this something that's put in a place that that is secure?
0: Well, you know what, I want to talk a minute about cloud technology because I think that the word cloud is misunderstood by a lot of people. If you're not in the technology industry, um, many people I talk to think, well, it's floating out there. My information is floating out there somewhere. The truth of the matter is is a cloud environment, and Stash Daddy's environment is a private cloud, so it is very specific to Stash only. Only the people who, you at, who use Stash are in that cloud, and you will find that many large storage companies do not use private clouds. What they do is they're in a cloud with a lot of other companies and your information's floating around with a lot of other people. So you're subject to and take the risk of a breach from a company you may not even have put your personal information at because you're all kind of mixed up together. What a cloud is, is a redundant storage system. And As you said, the cloud can be in other countries. And one of the ways that it is really important to protect yourself is to find out when you are storing information online, where is that cloud? Yes. Okay? Because you really want a cloud in the country that you reside in that is subject to the laws of your country, as you so well pointed out earlier. Right. So a cloud is actually... It is actually a mechanical piece of equipment. It is a storage facility or facilities, and the information is protected in many different ways. It is um, encrypted. It is moved around. It It is done in a way that, honestly, I can't really tell you the exact way it's done because I don't want to breach the confidentiality of my site. Right. But I can I can tell you that my uh, particular site is secure in a way that is unique amongst the sites that store information.
1: Okay, so if I what I do when I back up in the cloud, for example, for my for my business, before my uh, before I actually back up in the cloud, all of my client sensitive data is encrypted. Before it's backed up in the cloud, okay, so it's already encrypted, and Mm -hmm. so is that possible, too, so so that if, let's say I were going to use Stash Daddy to put in my will and my trust and other, you know, important data that I wanted to put in there, so I would be able to encrypt it before I put it in that file?
0: You can do that. There is an option on Stash Daddy. That, now, Stash Daddy on its own is very, very, very secure. But I'm the kind of person that likes to lock my car in a locked garage.
1: Right. So there, there is
0: <laughs> I think you're probably that kind yeah. of person too, Mari. <laughs> right. So there is an extra layer of encryption that you can choose as one of your options and that allows you, yes, to encrypt the information before it is loaded, and then it stays encrypted. So if you want to see that information, if you upload a document, actually you can even drag and drop it onto the site from your desktop. There's nothing that lives on your computer like a lot of the other companies. This is all done online, so there is not a gateway from your computer To online that is always there and always open Mm -hmm. so you can choose the encryption then if you want to see the information you can see what the title of your document is but in order to actually get it out of encryption mode you need to take it out of StatchDaddy and download it to your computer again.
1: I see I see so um, so that's if it's pre-encrypted is that what you're saying is that that happens if you've Encrypted it before you put it in? Did I misunderstand?
0: No, you can. You don't have to encrypt it before you put it in. It is encrypted on the way into Stash Daddy. If I see. You ha- if you have bought the encryption mode, it is encrypted.
1: Yes. Okay. Okay. And if you don't buy the encrypted mode, then it it is not double encrypted. It's just single encrypted. It's basically encrypted what it's in the file. Well.
0: It's more than single encrypted. And again, I I can't go into the exact details, (laughs) but it is not, no, it is not, you're not naked out there. Your documents aren't naked. Your information isn't naked. Um, The extra encryption we thought was really uh, important because, you know, it really is a bit of the Wild West out there. Yes. And I would rather have more layers than not. And the truth of the matter is, is as technology continues to change, we're, we're paying really close attention and continually looking to refine and make sure that what we have is as safe as you can get, period.
1: Right. And I think now with more and more people having personal health records and really concerned about their uh, documentation with all of the, you know, terrible storms we've had and things that have, you know, that we lose things. At least if you are online and you have that data, you could be out of the state or out of the country and you can access it anywhere that you can go online. Is that correct?
0: Mari, that's such a great point because one of the questions I get quite a lot is, you know, why can't I just store my stuff in a safety deposit box? And I, my answer is, and I know a lot of people who do, and it's not that it's a bad thing to do, but there are several reasons why an online secure storage system is much better. The first reason is if you have a safety deposit box and you have a lot of stuff in there and somebody decides to go into it, then they're going to see everything you have. Okay? With an online site like StashDaddy, you can choose to show people just what you want them to see. You mentioned earlier, in an emergency, how, you know, how quickly can you get to your safety deposit box? Usually not so fast. Or you need to send sub- somebody in your stead. You have to set it up all ahead of time, and it takes some time. And then that person that you send is going to have access to all the stuff you have in your safety deposit box, and you may not want them to have that. So it's not that it's a bad thing to do. You're on the right path. To protecting yourself, but it's not the best thing to do. Another thing that many people do, and I, I'm sure your listeners can identify with, is people have um, hard drives that are outside of their computers, portable drives. And I'm often asked, "Well, you know, I have all my information on a on an external drive. You know, why do I need anything else?" And an external drive is a wonderful tool, and quite frankly, I, haven't, I have more than several external drives, but I also use online storage, because you can never be too safe when it comes to the kind of information I'm talking about. An external drive is not something that your significant other might be able to access if you can't, and an external drive is mechanical. You really need to inspect your external drives on an annual basis. You should really take it into a computer shop and have them check it out to see if it is operating properly because it does sometimes give out and you will have information that will go missing or you can't access it or you know something that you did not anticipate happening and then you're stuck. So I think that you should have at least at the very, very least, have the online storage and then have an external drive and or a safety deposit box as backup only.
1: Right. And, you're, and you're, when you go to a safety deposit box, you might put in your original document. And what you're doing when you go online and you store online, what you're doing is you're, scan, you're scanning that. And then you're placing it up there. So it's really a copy. It may not be the original. It's not going to be the original signature.
0: That's correct.
1: But um, but that's still, I mean, if if the bank is destroyed where you've got your uh, safety deposit box, if it's, you know, in an earthquake or something and you can't get in there, at least you've got the backup that you've had in your online storage. And we're finding more and more places, except unfortunately the Superior Court will not accept um, the, the scan documents, they'll accept a, a fax, if you can believe that.
0: <laughs> I do believe that, and I do know that, and I'm horrified by that fact.
1: Mm-hmm. But you know
0: what, Mari, there's some great technology coming along that will use digital fingerprints to actually ensure that a copy is real. And it's still several years down the line, and the whole how it will be used and how easy it will be remains to be seen. But at least there are people thinking about this, and I think that's a great step in the right direction, don't you?
1: I do, I do. Let's talk a little bit about because you are a techie and you know about you're a privacy uh, advocate as well. Yeah. So let's talk about you know when you were talking about the cloud, a lot of people don't realize that Facebook is in the cloud. And, and they are really um, out there putting a lot of stuff on Facebook. I, I go on Facebook. I'm pretty careful. But what are some of the most dangerous aspects of Facebook?
0: You know, Facebook, for me, when I think about the most dangerous aspect is that it lulls people into a false sense of security. It's kind of what I mentioned at the beginning of the conversation. Everybody's doing it. So it must be okay, and that couldn't be farther from the truth, and I'll tell you why. Facebook changes how it works all the time, and it doesn't always notify us quickly or clearly or in ways that we can understand that they have changed their security and privacy policies and that in order to lock up your information securely, you really need to be going back, And checking all of your settings, I do mine every couple of weeks, whether there's an announcement by Facebook or not. I go back, I check to make sure that no applications have gained access to my Facebook page. I make sure that everything is ship shape and that the controls are in my hands. And so I'm like you, I'm very, very careful and my uh, Facebook profile is very secure. Now here's the thing. What has happened now on Facebook is when people make a comment on somebody else's Facebook page, there is now an option where you can control whether the public sees it, friends, friends of friends, or just yourself. And that's on every comment, and it is set to public.
1: Mm.
0: It is set to public. So you really, really have to be paying attention to that. The other thing that people do that is, um, and I see this all the time, as a matter of fact, I was just looking at a friend's posting just this morning, and she was saying, and I won't say where she is, <laughs> but she was saying, oh, I'm in so-and-so, I'm in Maui, and I'm having a great time. Right. Well, while well, you're in Maui, and people have read your post, you are leaving yourself open to having your house. Burglarize
1: Exactly.
0: Okay? And then if you have all of your private documents in your house, those are some of the things they're going to take and maybe try to steal your identity. And identity theft is really a terrible thing. So Facebook, all I can say is the best thing you can do is check your privacy settings every couple of weeks. And the best privacy policy for Facebook, bar none, is If it's really, really private, don't post it at all.
1: Exactly. If you don't, and this is what I tell everybody, if you don't care if everybody in the world could see what you just said, then you can post it. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) You know, but anything else just, oh, you know, could come back to haunt you. And especially if you have it open and future employers could see it. There's just all sorts of uh, craziness. I, I guess we're going to have to change our entire society so that there can be forgiveness for all these faux pas. But right now, it's still going to make a difference um, in terms of maybe you getting a job, what you put up there, or friendships, or some kind of reputation that you're going to hurt. And Or, like you said, identity theft happens as well. Let's, oh. let's talk and- about banks. Okay, because I think people think that banks are really protecting your personal information.
0: (laughs) Well, here's the thing about banks, just in general. Banks are in business for themselves. And so what they do is everything that they do and every decision they make is to protect the bank first. And I know that's a hard thing for your listeners to hear, but it is the absolute truth. And it isn't the person that you're dealing with on the day-to-day, and it isn't the bank manager who you see and shake hands with and you know maybe have a cup of coffee with now and then when you're checking on your account or your statements. Those aren't the people who are making these rules. It is the banking industry that makes the rules, and they're protecting themselves. And so how is your bank protecting you? You really need to find out because every bank is different, and I'll tell you a little story. A couple of months ago, um, I used several banks, uh, and I'm not going to name them, but um, some of the biggest banks, some of the well-known names, both large and medium-sized. And I had gone in uh, because I had noticed, just by chance, that there had been some changes in the policies in several of the banks. So I went in to see what their policies were and if there had been policy changes for security and privacy measures. And there had been. And the long story short of it is one of the banks passed with flying colors. They are doing all of the things that I know they should be doing to keep my information safe and my account at bay from any hacker that might try to get into it. However, the other bank did not. And not only did they not pass the flying colors, but when I spoke to them about breaches that were really rather glaring, there was nothing that they could say to me other than, this is the policy that corporate has made and this is how we are protecting you and it, it should be fine. Yes. Yeah, I don't want to hear it should be fine. (laughs) So I am no longer banking with that bank. So so I can tell you and your listeners, again, be your first line of defense. Go talk to your bank. Find out exactly how they're protecting you. Find out what kind of technology they're using. Find out their policy. If somebody goes into your bank account where you have $100,000 stored, and they take it out and you don't notice it for a week because it's not an account that you use very often you just put money in there and save it what are they going to do and make sure whatever they're going to do is in writing yes and if they don't have anything that suits you then find another bank
1: and set up those alerts on all of your accounts so that any time money is transferred whether you did it or someone else did it, that you set up those alerts that you know. So if it is a bank account that you're not using very often, at least you would know right away because you're right. Not, not only do their neural networks not always let you know what's going on, but they can be very negligent. So we are out of time, Janine. I just want you to give your website and it's time for us to go.
0: Mari, thank you so much. It was a pleasure to talk to you, and I hope that I gave your listeners some good things to think about. My website is at www.stashdaddy.com. There's a great blog to help you understand lots of little ways to help protect yourself. Please visit.
1: Okay, terrific. Thank you, Janine. We will keep in touch and see all the great things that you're doing. Thank you so much. You've been listening to KUCI 88.9 FM in Irvine and KUCI.org on the net. I'm Mari Frank. Join us every Monday morning at 8 a.m. And visit our website at KUCI.org slash privacy piracy, where you can see our upcoming guests, download podcasts, and write to us about what you're concerned about with privacy in the information age. Thanks. Stay private.